overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Hello, welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. We are so excited to have you join us this evening. We have Alicia Pearson with us tonight. One of my favorites. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. here. Laura, I um, took you out of the whole mix and didn't even say hello to you tonight. I I liked it better. (laughs) I thought that was a win for everyone. (laughs) Okay. Maybe we'll just do that. I think we do that. Just take the awkward out. You're a natural. I am an unnatural. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that, but we we definitely don't seem to be able to begin the program without some level of awkwardness. You know, I have a hard time And if it's not there, I'll bring it. Yeah, that's, that's good. I have a hard time listening to the podcast, but I did listen to the intro um, the other day, and it was just as bad as I had created it in my mind. (laughs) So I thought, it's better that I just don't listen, and it's better that I probably don't say anything. I was actually practicing in the shower before I came here how I would say hi, but you just bypassed that, and I think that was a good choice. (laughs) Anyway, Alicia, thank you for being here. We're so glad you're here. Yes. I feel like I'm on TV. I just fluffed my hair and just <laughs> got it in position. Well, Laura and I joke that we frequently look at the microphones. <laughs> yes. Yes, like as if they are cameras. Yes. We're just preparing for our future mm-hmm. with a talk show. Mm-hmm. Um, well, just a quick background on how we know you mm-hmm. for the listeners. You are in our small group. Yes, small group. So this is really fun. And then um, Laura and I have kids that are at the same school, both same grade. And so that is fun that there's overlap both ways. Um, well, tell us about yourself, your, just a bio of your, a quick bio of your background. Um, and just basically who to you now. are, where you're from. Yes. If you can't tell, she's not from Minnesota. No. <laughs> so get into faith part now, or just kind of just basic bio okay. now. Like where childhood. Are you from? Okay. Where, where are you? Who from? are your people? My where people. is that precious accent mm-hmm. stem from? So I grew up until I was 12 in like deep southeast Texas, like pine trees, woods, the pine curve. Yes. Um, down, I mean, like across the border from Louisiana. So, um, what city? A little town of 1,500 people. It was called oh, Newton. Wow. Oh, okay. And so, just pine woods got locked outside by my mom, and we just had to play outside all day. And so, don't come back yes, till the sky is pink. Yes. So, played outside. Um, I mean, my dad grew corn, and my sister and brother and I would set up a corn stand on the road and sell dozens of ears of corn to passers-by, and then go spend our money at the convenience store across the street on all kinds of Laffy Taffy and stuff like that. Um, so, oh, that sounds so fantastic. <laughs> so, grew up in deep southeast Texas, one of four kids, and then in junior high, we moved to central Texas, so little bit more centrally located another small town a little bit bigger 5,000 people 
And well, that was um, like triple the size. Yeah, there was a Walmart. There was a Walmart. We still drove to Super Walmart an hour away for groceries. Oh my god! Um, and um, just parents, four kids. I went to school at Texas Tech and then moved to Dallas to get my master's degree. And um, I married to Keith, and we have three kids. Just had a new one four months ago. That's crazy that she's four months old. Yes, four months. And how long have you and Keith been married? So we've been married almost 12 years. Almost and 12 years. And how did you meet? So I moved to Dallas. I went to school at Texas Tech, and I had never been to Dallas as an adult. And so I came to Dallas for a wedding, and I thought, oh my gosh, if there's this many cute guys at this wedding, think of how many are all over Dallas. <laughs> And so I went back and changed my major and graduated a semester early and just moved to Dallas and did not know anybody. Because of the cute guys. Because of the cute guys. And I thought, I'm going to go and get a master's degree in speech pathology. I know I, I want to do that. I can do that there. There's cute guys. It was at a church. <laughs> and I went, the wedding was because at. Because when you grew up in a town of 5,000 <laughs> Or 1,500, then ratio of cute guys is much lower. Right. Yeah. And so I moved here and started going to that church only because I saw that there had been cute guys at that wedding at that church. Were there cute guys that they were attending? Yes. There continued to be. It yes. was a singles it group, it was Yes, it was a singles group. And so I truly threw myself in the singles group just to meet people. And it was awkward and vulnerable and I showed up to everything every service project every Bible study I was actually interested in the Sunday school teacher and had a crush on him and then Keith showed up to an event and I met him and you know we just started talking um saw each other a month later at another singles black Christmas party I and knew. how did and how did he capture your attention <laughs> at the Christmas party because he was in a back room, like in a closet, drinking wine with some other people. <laughs> it was like church Christmas party, so it was kind of taboo to be drinking wine out in front of everybody. I don't everybody. know if I've ever brought this up in a in a podcast, but when, you know, I, I've talked about state school versus Bible college mm -hmm. people at, at um, mm -hmm. seminary. Whenever I went to seminary parties, and for the, the listeners, I am using air quotes around party. <laughs> because growing up in Louisiana, we would not call what I had attended in seminary a party. Mm -hmm. but it was more of a quiet gathering. Well, there was compulsory singing. Oh, wow. I would not have done well. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, like praise and worship singing. Oh, God. Uh -huh. <laughs> and... Um, there were icebreakers at the party mm. where, like, let's sit. We're, we're going to compel. I feel like everyone, you're describing summer camp. Compel yeah. everyone to come and, and sit in this one room, even though you were, you know, mingling in the other room talking. And we're going to compel you all to come in this one room, sing praise and worship songs, and also ask everyone to share what is their favorite toothpaste and why. That was a seminary party. That sounds like... I have no response for that. <laughs> right. I would like to have been hiding in a closet with Keith mm. uh, drinking wine mm. at that party. Yeah, that I, sounds I tried better. to hide, but... 
And did y'all do trust there falls? There was no one. <laughs> trust falls. <laughs> they had a ropes course set up back. <laughs> Team building. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was drinking wine. So I was like, who is this guy? And so we talked again. And he got my information. And he, I, we joke. And I tell him he didn't let me be single in Dallas very long. <laughs> and that's so that's okay. So, yeah. He was a cute boy that caught your attention. Yes. So it it sounds like that you came to Dallas as a believer. Yes. So how did you become a believer? Um, it's one of those when I listened to your podcast a while back and it was one of those where I kind of feel like I've always been a believer, Mm -hmm. but I grew up in a house where, um, it was definitely, my mom was a strong believer. She took us to church every Sunday, um, but my dad never went with us. So we mm-hmm. kind of had this divided house as far as church went. He kind of deferred all of that raising stuff to to her and as far as like pouring into us spiritually and things like that. And so it is because of my mom and her... Um, obedience to God to just pour into us, Mm. Um, even if my dad couldn't, that, you know, I have the faith I have today. Um, So I feel like I was always a believer, but I know that I had it wrong because I definitely felt like I was supposed to have a moment, Mm. and I don't know that I ever just had one big moment. Mm -hmm. And so I was caught in the constant cycle of feeling like I had to do enough, be good enough, pray look right good enough, prayer. pray mm-hmm. the right prayer. The first time I messed up, I felt like I lost salvation and had mm-hmm. to ask him back into my heart again. I felt like I, for years and years, did that, did that cycle. And that's a Jessica Dennyism that I learned from you, that whole, like, the language behind ask mm-hmm. Jesus to come live in your heart. That can be confusing. Yes. Like it has to be, it's just belief yes. that is the old of, of the most important. Well, and that's one of the reasons why, like what you're saying about, like with kids that grow up in homes yeah. where they're just taught the faith, they don't always have, mm-hmm. sometimes they have mm-hmm. an aha moment. Right. But a lot of times they just gradually come to believe. Mm-hmm. And, right. And come to understand. Mm-hmm. So I definitely was in wanting to do everything right, um, in all the youth group activities, pouring myself into those, um, and definitely more too because I had siblings that were making other choices, so I felt like I had to be really good mm-hmm. and really good for my parents. Where are you in the lineup? So I'm number three of four. Okay. So I was the peacemaker. And your youngest sister goes to Dallas mm-hmm. Bible too, right? Yeah, she goes to Dallas Bible, so that's been really fun. Um, so I thought that with choices others were making, I had to not burden my parents with any kind of choice I was going to make. So mm-hmm. do good, be good. Um, throw myself into every church activity. Lots of um, works. Yes. Uh, every high school activity, every club. I mean, I was in it. I didn't even want to be a teacher, and I was the president of Future Teachers of America. I mean, <laughs> it was like, I mean, I was on the mock trial team like a witness on the stand, and I had no interest and couldn't, like. I think that's the but name you of married the episode. an attorney. <laughs> yeah, and I married an attorney, but I was in everything. Um, just because it looked good, I wanted to be good. And so and she's a three. 
Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So I went to college a believer, but that's one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't... College was not um, some really life-changing experience for me like it is for some people. I liked it. I didn't just love it. Um, I didn't get plugged into a church, which I look back now and kind of makes me sad. I just kind of, uh, several friends from high school were there. I just hung out with them, let them be my friends. So I think I was ready to just get to Dallas. And this is kind of where I feel like I grew up. Mm -hmm. Not really college, but really in Dallas. And it's really um, made me who I am and kind of given me more of the life experiences than just how college is for some other people. And so really moving to Dallas and getting plugged into just really strong Bible churches, I felt like I was hearing the gospel for the first time. Um, just hearing it with clear eyes and clear head and clear heart of who God was, um, that I did not lose my salvation, mm -hmm. um, and just really understanding what grace was. Mm -hmm. I did not understand grace. Um and that I couldn't, I couldn't lose it. But there was nothing I was going to do to get any further along either. There were no choice that my siblings made that was anything worse than what I had done, have been doing, continue to do. So, and I think that's what I thought for so long is like, um, you know, a little better or, sure, you know, things like that because I'm trying to do everything right. And so... Or kind of that mentality of, I can make God love me more, and there's something I can do that can make God love me less. Right. Exactly that. And so getting plugged into good churches, I had never done anything before, like community groups or Bible studies. Um, and so just getting plugged into those. So I've just seen my faith really grow. Um, being at churches where I was hearing truth, hearing gospel, hearing what grace was, getting plugged in with other believers... Um, and then being a wife and a mom has just grown my faith exponentially because I didn't even, this is the whole grace thing. I didn't know how sinful I was until mm. husband and kids of just like, yeah, you I, never think you have anger or no, patience oh, issues until you're faced with a toddler. You don't yes. know how ugly your heart is until, I mean, everybody looks good alone on a log. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. That's right. yes. <laughs> I mean, I, yes, I never would have thought. The, the depth of my selfishness and, and yes. sin and anger and entitlement has definitely shown as a mother. Yes, yeah. and I just want ease and comfort. Like, those are my idols or ease and comfort. I mean, I'll just be honest that I didn't even know if we were going to have a third because I had gotten mine to the point of potty trained, in mm -hmm. school, brushing their own teeth. I could not imagine... Mm -hmm starting over and not having the ease and comfort of just like laying in bed, watching a movie or reading a book while my kids are playing outside. Mm -hmm. And so God has just showed me over the past year too. Wait, just, is that not okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can still want that. <laughs> well, I have that. Do, do you feel like I'm being called? No, 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 no. I, I have an 18 month old as my youngest and I still question if we should have four. <laughs> Y'all, okay, every time I hear my kids in the background, um, I know it doesn't show up or, you know, that you, can't, that you can't hear it in the audio, but when I hear my kids in the background, I imagine that 
viral video that went around like about a year oh ago where God, the man was like on the news and they were interviewing him in his house and then his wife or a baby came toddling him <laughs> and then his wife came running in with her pants half down like she had been in the bathroom to come grab the kid up out of like I mean, this, this is like on fox news or yes, CNN or I mean, something it, like that i've watched that yeah. i've watched that video at, at least 15 times it makes me laugh so hard, but every time I hear my kids, I'm like, one of them's going to bust in here. <laughs> It'll happen one of these days. It'll be great. Yes. Well, Alicia, um, you kind of told us about how you came to faith and uh, that it was just a gradual mm-hmm. process. Um, what, do you, what do you think um, are your spiritual gifts? How do you think God's gifted you uniquely? Mm, um. I was thinking about this and it's hard to talk about yourself because you don't want to feel braggy or, Mm -hmm. you know, but, um, my mom, I think it, I keep getting pointed back. I don't know if I was in seventh or eighth grade, but we went to a revival. Somebody was prophesying and somebody prophesied over me in seventh or eighth grade that it's that. AT&T 80s commercial, you're going to reach out and touch somebody. <laughs> Did they really say that? He really said that. He said, you're going to reach out and touch people. And he's, you know, we had laughed about the commercial, but he said, you're going to reach out and touch people. And um, so I have held that with me, and I was really thinking about that the other day, but I have loved people forever. Um, I was thinking about this too. I... At our little church, a mom would pick us up, and we thought it was fun to go hang out at the nursing home. We would, the, and this is just a small town nursing home, that they would let elementary age kids just wander around unsupervised and wander into people's rooms. But we would color pictures, and the mom would go like talk at the nurse's station, and I just wandered into people's rooms. I didn't even know... At the time, I would laugh and think, oh, why are they repeating the same thing? Or why is she wandering around with her shirt off? Or, I mean, those things really happened. But I loved being there. I loved, I would brush their hair and braid it. I would do bingo. I would bring them things from home, little trinkets. So that was a constant, getting dropped off at the nursing home. That's a memory of just how much I loved people. Um there was a lady who wandered around our town, just kind of that crazy cat lady in a dilapidated house. And we drove by one time and I told my mom, I want to meet her. And so my mom like had to call the courthouse to find out who it was who lived in that house. We called her, went over with a loaf of bread. She would only let us in the very front part of her house because there were so many cats. She ended up coming to our house for years, for holidays. We would take her grocery shopping. I would go with her to the grocery store. I have just always um, loved people. And so... Well, and beyond just loving people, you've had a heart for people in need. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I love that. I love relationships. And that's... I really feel like my job as a speech therapist at a hospital, I just get to, it's really relational. Reach out and touch someone. Yes, reach out and touch someone. Um, It's just very relational. And so I, 
I mean, I have family members that want my cell phone number, and if it's after they're not my patient anymore, sometimes I'll give it to them, and they want to keep up with me afterwards, or I want to keep up with them, or you just get very close to people when you're working with them in their most vulnerable moments mm -hmm. and just get to be there for them and love on them. Um, I could totally see how people would be drawn to keep you in their lives. Oh yeah. I, I remember um, one of our first interactions was at field day, uh -huh. like when we had kindergartners, yeah. I think. And um, I, 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 we, you and I were in the same area, and it wasn't like a really uh, heavily trafficked right. area. We were like the potato sack race, <laughs> yes. and there's like water slide bounce houses, so we weren't the top priority for the kids. But I just remember you just had such an ease and confidence, and we're just very friendly and reaching out and touched me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. But you, uh, I, I just, I thought. Like, I want to know her more. And I was so excited when we were in the same mm. small group at Thank church you. because you just have an ease about you yeah. um, that's very comfortable to be around. Well, thanks. I yeah. agree. Now, I have a great edit alert. Okay. Um, so you talking about bragging on yourself plus your particular areas of giftedness, which is reaching out to people mm -hmm. in vulnerable states, mm -hmm. <laughs> made me think about when Kyle and I first came to Dallas Bible. Have I shared this about uh -uh. Uh, about us taking the spiritual gift inventory when we were in the Discover Dallas Bible oh, class? No. Uh -uh. Okay, so um, it had probably been let's say 15 years or so since Kyle and I had taken a spiritual gift inventory. So we go to the class and we come home and we've got those. I'm just impressed that y'all had ever taken a spiritual gift inventory before that. You haven't? I, like, have you met me? I, well, I mean, I, like in college, well, I, I know the born playa may have not, like, but no. at one point, weren't you in a college ministry? I think it was like, let's say college ministry or something. I don't know. But yes, I certainly had taken it. I went to seminary, for heaven's sake. That's true. Okay, That's there true. is that. I have no idea when I'd taken a spiritual gift inventory, but it wasn't the first time. Anyway, we sit down. I blow through it. Okay. And, it, and every, there's like maybe, I don't know, like 70 questions. And that, like, from a scale of zero to five, you're supposed to rate yourself on like how much you agree with the statement, like strongly agree or like strongly disagree, being zero. And so, you know, some of the stuff are like, I like to help people, and you know, like, and make sacrifices for other people, or I would like to suffer for Christ. You know, like, and there's like questions like this. Um, Kyle is like deliberating over every line. He gives up halfway through and is and is just like he's like like just you know poo-poo on the whole thing. Despairing right. because he's like, this is just too hard. And I was like, why? And he's like, I just feel horrible about myself. And, and um and then I, you know, I encouraged him to like just finish it. I was like, he's like, I'm gonna have like like 10, like I'm not, that's what I, like, that's what my score is going to be, going to be. So, uh, on, you know, there's like the different ones. He's like, it's, it's just horrible. And so he finishes it. I've already finished it. We look at it. And of course, like my scores on everything are like, you know, about 30 points higher than his. And, and he's like despairing. And I'm like, Kyle, you're married to me. You know this isn't true. <laughs> any, any question that I answered with the three 
could easily be replaced with a zero. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I just can't put that. I just can't put zero. Like I have zero interest in suffering for Christ. I just don't want to write that down. You put honestly put zero. I put three. Like, so just, just like subtract 30 from everything of mine because you know, like I'm not going to write zero. I don't want to help people, but like, uh-huh. you know, I, 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 I am inflating my scores. Yeah, yours was the standard deviation like, from honest. Yeah, yours is honest. Mine is like not totally honest because I'm like, you know, maybe a little bit, but, um, I started, uh, teasing him and calling him Beelzebub. <laughs> After that, like Beelzebub. Doesn't want to help people. Doesn't want to suffer Uh, for Christ. That's funny. Yeah, it's hard. It is. It's hard. But I would totally agree that your giftedness, I mean, it makes it obvious because your career is in serving others in super vulnerable states. And, I mean, you've told some stories about patients that can be pretty hard on you and... um, and, and that you still have so much grace for and find so much joy in your work. I know being home with Eden for three months was hard yes. for you because you care about your job so yeah. much. Yeah, it was hard. It was definitely hard to be home because um, I hadn't been home in so long. Um, and it was a sweet time and it was special. Um, and I was glad to go back. I miss her and I've worked out where I'm not back as much. So it's a good balance of being part-time because I do feel like my heart is still at home, Mm -hmm. but I love the opportunity, um, to go to work, love on people. I don't want to climb the corporate ladder. I don't want to be the manager. I just want to see my patients and do my paperwork. Mm -hmm. Um, And not that I give 85% anybody, but I just want to see my patients. You give 100% in the lane that you're in. Yes, yes, yes. But I want to stay in my lane. I have no, I've never been one to aspire to just move up. Mm -hmm. I'm just so happy with where I'm at. And I've been doing, you know, it for 12 years and I'm just happy to be right there. So, well, why don't you tell us about how you serve at church at DBC? Um, I am a greeter and I love greeting. Of course you are with your little Southern draw. And I greeted at the first church Keith and I met at was Northwest Bible church. And I was greeting when I met him. So, um, that is just, I love welcoming people into church. Um, sometimes I might want to talk too long. They're ready to like get on in there and get the seat. Um, but I do, I love welcoming people. Um, and, uh, I've gotten my kids to come with me some. And so they're getting to see what a joy it is to just welcome people into church. And I saw that and I texted you about this, um, on Sunday, Campbell, my, um, second daughter, was having a hard time going into her class because we just haven't been in church mm-hmm. that much this summer with just trips and going to the lake and stuff. And Holland was sipping on her coffee. Decaf, everybody, decaf. <laughs> she was sipping on her coffee and, you know, just kind of... Beep-bopping. Beep-bopping over to our family. And she's excited to see Campbell because they go to school together and church together. And she walks on to class with us. And um, Campbell was having a hard time going into her class. She started crying, which was mm. odd for her. And um, Holland came over and just stood next to her 
and put her hand on her shoulder and just kind of waited it out. And then they walked in together. It was so sweet. That is so sweet. I could see her mama in her. Mm, That's very sweet to hear. Thank you for sharing that. Um, So we know that your giftedness is people Mm -hmm. and loving on people Mm -hmm. and and loving on, I think, some difficult people. And I remember, too, when Revive Texas was here. That you just had such a heart for for that ministry and going out and telling people about Jesus. Um, With your giftedness and your heart for Christ, what would be your your big prayer? We say on the show, big ask with a K, Mm -hmm. your big ask prayer um, for how how God would use your giftedness in in your life and and what that would look like. Hmm. I know that was hard to think of. I don't know. Um, it's just, it seems like everything now is centered around um, Keith is tired of me. He says, how much longer are you going to use this? But I always say, oh, I'm 35 with three kids. So everything just seems exhausting mm-hmm. right now. It's just, I feel like that's where I'm at. It's just mm-hmm. 35 and three kids. And so whenever he asks me to do something or so, I'm just like, I'm 35, three kids. I don't know right now. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't know. So just um, let me sit here and don't touch yes, me. Yes. Um, I think the big ask or the big prayer is sometimes I'm so invested at work and I use so many words at work and I'm definitely an extrovert, but as I've gotten older, I just need those introverted moments. So I give a lot to work and I'm really smiley and happy and um, want to be that loving person for my patients. So it's definitely easy to come home and not give those same gifts to my family. It's easy to, I don't have any more words. I'm, mm-hmm. I've talked out today. Um, it's easy to really turn it on for patients. And even though it's authentic and genuine, it's easy to come home and withdraw and, and, withdraw mm-hmm. and not do that for my kids and husband and give them what I'm giving at work. There's so much truth in that. And it's so convicting because... You know, I'll talk to my kids all day about Mm -hmm. you would never treat your friend the way you're treating your sister right now. Save your best. Give your best at home just like you would give Mm. your best to your friend. And I'm like, oh, gosh, that's true for me, too, because I definitely will do kind of uplifting things for friends and, like, call Kaylin and tell him how terrible the day is going. Like, you know, just like... It's, it is, We sometimes we give our best away from home. Yeah, and so I definitely work as a ministry, but I'm, my big ask would be that I would see home as a ministry mm. and invest in my kids as a ministry and love on my husband as a ministry. So I think right now, that is my big ask. Oh, that's such a, so important. Mm. And so, you know, it seems simple, but that can be so complicated yeah. when... That's, you know, you just, sometimes you want someone, I know you've said Jessica before, like when things go hard here, you and Kyle can maybe sometimes Play try, to blame, blame, the try to blame each other That's a little bit. Yeah. The, 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 the Denny's motto and when th- is when things go bad, blame each other. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So it's, and it is so easy to do that. Yeah. Even though that's the person you love the most, that's mm-hmm. who you're with in the trenches. You just, that's, you kind of want to let your frustration hair down. All right. of my problems boil down to Kyle not nesting the pots and pans properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. really the sum total. That's where you can narrow your focus in when yeah, other that's, things That's really where great. my rage centers. Yes. <laughs> hey, Alicia, um, tell us about a time in your life where you feel like God really showed up. Like, 
showed up for you, like maybe a difficult season or, or something like that where you feel like God really showed up? Um, I don't know if it's been just one. I thought about this one too. I don't know if it's been just one huge thing where it was just this big aha moment or just constant faithfulness of, um, of things of having one that struggles in school, but mm. seeing, um, how God is growing him and using him and seeing the growth in that. Um, and it's just constant school year of September through May, just constant prayer and on my knees for this one, but to see how God, um, is just lovingly growing him. And even though sometimes it's not always, you know, it's hard to see that growth, um, how he's lovingly growing him. And then, um, just we've had seasons of job loss, it seems like, um, in our family and just God's constant provision of he's, we've never been without, like mm -hmm. he's always provided another job, even if it's not the one, um, that my spouse would necessarily want to take right then. He is just always providing, um, giving us exactly what we need. Um, he's like I had said about not, not knowing if I wanted a third, I didn't know if I could do it again. And it wasn't just an aha moment of you're going to have a third child, but it was a year of him working on my heart. Um, and just his faithfulness in that season of, um, I'm calling you to this and I am going to equip you and giving you everything you need. And obviously now that she's here, we wouldn't know what to do without her, but you know, it hasn't, it hasn't been one big thing for me, but it's all the ways he just shows up every day in every moment for me. It's, I, I love what you're saying and the, the t talking about God's provision and how he shows up for you, um, like in that, that constant provision, one of the things that I try to remind myself and I'm trying to teach my kids is that that ability to trust him, mm -hmm. that sometimes mm -hmm. when problems arise, like job loss mm -hmm. or, um, or, you know, financial difficulties or family tumult or what, whatever, um, that those are opportunities to trust God mm -hmm. and how wonderful it is to be on the other end of that. Mm -hmm. And, and that is a blessing sometimes to have those roadblocks because you get to see God show up. Right. You get it like w without those, like mm -hmm. those things to actually build your faith. Your faith is not like it gives, it gives like, um, uh, quality, and tangi tangible aspects to your faith where mm -hmm. it's where it's like you can actually see and recount mm -hmm. how he has showed up not right. just that he that you, that you are mouthing that he's faithful you see his faithfulness and uh, we had Lydia just this last week we were out of town and you know Lydia has been was wanting to play club volleyball this mm -hmm. year and so she's been kind of putting all her eggs in one basket with a particular club that she wanted to play for and we were on vacation in Virginia and I, um, I got an email from the club that like they had changed the the rules 
and when the tryouts uh, or when, when they were choosing and so they had started moving up the offers and so they're like we strongly recommend that you know if you were planning on doing the evaluation camps next week that you do them this week instead because we're already starting to give out mm -hmm. offers and when Lydia heard that and we're in Virginia she's devastated because she's she is thinking they're not going to have a spot for me by the time I get back to try out. Like I'm not, there's, there's not, there's not going to be anything left. And it was really awesome to be able to pray with her, like in the car mm -hmm. right then and go, Hey honey, we don't know that. What, what we do mm -hmm. know is that God is faithful mm -hmm. and that God works things out for his people. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't always mean that we get what we want, mm -hmm. but we know that God's not upstairs shaking in his boots worried about this mm -hmm. he has known this since the beginning of time so you don't you don't have to worry about this he has got this covered he knows what is best for you and he has got this covered so let's just pray about it we'll, let, let's just trust him that he knows what's best for you and sure enough in spite of that she got to go to her trial and got a position so on uh, like, I was uh, yeah yeah no nope, she got she she got she got on the team she wanted and so she's super excited but it, it it's I, and so yesterday she got that offer and so awesome. afterwards like that follow up with her was I was like hey babe mm -hmm. I want you to remember this I want mm -hmm. you to remember what it felt like last week when we got that email and the worry that you had I want you to remember that God is there. Mm -hmm. I want you to remember that God shows up. Now, that doesn't mean that it always works out the way we want it to be. Right. But he has not forgotten us. He has not forsaken us. He is always walking with us. And he has our best interest at heart. And we call those things the little things. Mm -hmm. Because we know that they are little to God. Mm -hmm. Right. But to me, those are the most humbling. Mm -hmm. That God provides a job. Mm -hmm. That God provides a volleyball position when, I mean, and obviously, yes, sometimes God says no, and it sure. doesn't work out the way we think we want it to, even though usually hindsight, it's like, oh, that's what he was doing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think those little things, for me, can be um, more faith growing than even some of the bigger moments in my mm -hmm. life. Because it's just like, God, you care about this? Right. You care yeah. about this? You're in this too, mm -hmm. this tiny little thing. You're in this too. Um, and that, for mm -hmm. me, like that's what gets me even more excited about my faith is mm -hmm. you showed up in this time, even in the no sometimes, in the no for little things, looking back going, I wanted that so badly and you knew better. And that increases my faith for the next I, no. That almost happened. I almost married a no. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to marry a no. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and I, they think, mm -hmm. uh, I think back, and I'm like, wow, that mm -hmm. that was a that was a nice save, God. Yeah, nice save. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done, <laughs> yes. sir. That's right, big guy. <laughs> yes. So I love that you are noticing that those little things amount to such huge yes. things for your faith, for your kids' faith. And I mean, I, I, because we're in small group, because yeah. we're at school, I've known what you've faced, um, with your son and, and just this year. And I've seen you walk through it so mm -hmm. faithfully and, and having some heartbreaking moments for yeah. him and just continually turning and going, God, how do you want me to handle this? What does this look like? Reaching out and seeking wise counsel mm -hmm. Um, standing up for him when you need need to, mm -hmm. trying to use them as teachable moments for his faith and just growth in his character. And I've just been so impressed with how you and Keith have done that. Thank you. Thank you. 
Well, I, I think that we've kind of covered everything. But we didn't we didn't do Bible trivia. No, we did not do Bible <laughs> trivia. Um, I I'm still I'm still licking my wounds from a couple of weeks ago, um, like not knowing where a verse came from, and you were like, "Well, since it's talking about Jesus, I think New Testament." <laughs> so that felt good. That feels good still. Um, but we just love you so much. Yes, so I'm grateful that you came on um, and and did this and. I know people are just going to love hearing your story. Thank you. I was glad to share it. So. Yeah. Love you guys. Well, we're glad you're here. Thanks for joining us on Embarrassment of Riches. We'll see you next time.